0: Excellent. Thanks for reading for us. Well, you can put that in there. That's excellent. Thank you. Guys, great to see you again. Uh, Great to see you for a morning. I slept really well. I'm glad to hear that some people might have as well. And I'm glad to be able to be speaking with us from God's Word now. Um, This is a Bible. Do you guys know that? This Bible... I um, I used when I used to lead youth. I got this in 2014 when I first started leading youth. So there's a nice little hole in the front of it from when I put it in front of a projector in the church hall and started smoking, because apparently you're not meant to do that with God's Word. Um, but let's let's treat God's Word with a bit more respect than I have, and let's have a listen to what he has to say. Um, if someone were to ask you the question, how does God speak to you, how would you answer through the people? What are, what are some other things that you say? Through the Bible, through the Bible? yeah? Other, other ways? Um, praying. Through praying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of different ways that people might be able to answer that question. And a lot of different Christians around the world will have a lot of different answers when it comes to how do we actually hear from God? Uh, There was a school near near where I am at church at the moment, in northern Sydney, and some people involved in that school and uh, some churches in that area would have these things called worship nights, where in their worship nights they would try to experience God. They would do things like they'd pray for healing for people, Uh, people would be convinced that they would have messages on their heart that God needed to say through them. That's one, that's one way of thinking about how we can hear from God. Another, another is like this, it's a similar kind of vibe. My, my friend used to be really into experiencing God and making sure that you heard God, but also that you, that you felt God. And that when you closed your eyes and were thinking that you would have the little voice of God, just this sense of God's voice in your head and in your heart. Now, I'm not, I'm not starting out this talk to say we should be cynical about things like that. But what I want to get us uh, to today is thinking, not trying to hear from God in every kind of possible way we can, but being really thoughtful and critical and helpful. Remember, we've got our brains switched on as we're reading and as we're thinking. We're going to be thinking about how we can hear God from the way that he's clearly revealed himself to us through the Holy Spirit-inspired word that we have. We have the Bible so that we can listen to God. Isn't it great? We don't have to guess about who God is. We can know who God is. We can know exactly what He is like and exactly what He tells us. And we don't end up like this man here, George W. Bush. He used to be the president of Iraq and is pretty, pretty controversial. Sorry, president of the United States. <laughs> 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 okay, uh, forgive me, forgive me, um, but, but George Bush um, was, was president of the United States of America when the United States decided to invade Iraq, and he was quoted as saying this, he said, God told me to invade Iraq. Interesting. He said, he said I trust that God speaks through me. Without that, I couldn't do my job. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. Like I said, I want us to be thoughtful. I want us to be critical. I want us to, to know that we don't have to guess about what God is saying to us. We don't have to kind of want some specific word from God, which he might be able to speak like that, sure. But we can know and we can be 100% certain that in the Bible, in the Holy Spirit, inspired Word of God, God speaks. God makes himself clear. God shows us his love, and his patience, and his kindness. And he shows us the spectacular Lord Jesus. And he does that because he speaks. It's everyone's favourite time. Are we ready? Yeah. Okay. You can sing along with me if you want. We'll get there. The purple one, Jeff. Is it going to work? Winner. Okay, here we go. Greek word, Greek word, Greek word of the day. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. The Greek word of the day today is Lego. Yeah! Right? It's my favourite. Ah, so good. Lego means I say or I speak. It doesn't have any significant meaning, it's just a verb that means I speak. But, it's exciting because it's Lego, and we all love Lego, right? I I was on a game show, and I won $5,000, and I used most of it to buy Lego. Um, Then I got married, and I sold all of it. So, it's all good. No, but... I say this Greek word, I say I say lego, because we can know that God isn't silent. We know that God speaks. We know that God legos. God has legoed through his spirit this entire book. And more than that, because I'm missing a few pages. So, like, your entire book that you've got right there. And so we're going to think about why God speaks and why it's important uh, that we listen. Firstly, we're going to think about how God spoke throughout the Old Testament. There's a couple of questions in Slido about whether the Spirit was in the Old Testament and what His role was. Uh, We'll come to those in Q&A, but we're going to speak about how God spoke the entire Old Testament into being. The Old Testament is kind of everything in the Bible before Jesus. So, as Christians, we're all about Jesus, and He changed everything, God himself come to earth as a man to live, to die, and to rise from the dead. He changed all of history forever. And so he enters the picture here in the book of Matthew, about that far away into the Bible. And so before Jesus, we've got this much. And we see God faithfully at work with his people. We see God create everything. And we see the Spirit at work in people but also seeking the very pages that we hold into life. And I'm going to show us why we can believe that and why we can know that now. So, in your Bibles, we're going to do a bit of flicking today, and I believe in you. We're going to go to Hebrews, which, I've tricked you, is actually in the New Testament, but it's going to be quoting part of the Old Testament. So, Hebrews is, like, towards the end of the Bible. It's after Romans. It's after Ephesians. My Bible's in tatters, so I I hope I have Hebrews, quite honestly give you a chance to, to go there. We're going to go to Hebrews chapters 3 and chapters 4. Hebrews is quoting a book from the Old Testament called Psalms. Um, and it's quoting Psalm 95. The Psalms are like a collection of poems and a collection of songs that God has put together for his people. Uh, and this is one that people would sing regularly in the temple. Now, Psalm 95 is all about God. It's all about a God who saves his people... And as a result, his people should listen to him and should praise him. And so we're going to go really slowly just through Hebrews 3 and 4 and think about who the author of Psalm 95 is. That first section from Hebrews chapter 4, verse 7, God again chose a certain day. He named it today and he did this when he spoke through David a long time later. Here's what was written in the scripture already given. Listen to his voice today. If you hear it, don't be stubborn. So the author of Psalm 95, part of the Old Testament, is King David, who was a huge figure in the history of Israel. He was like the king that kind of trusted God and honored God. He made it, he, he sinned quite significantly and, and paid the price for that, but for the most part, he trusted God. He repented of his sin when he did. Uh, he was a good king. And so he wrote Psalm 95. But if you look a bit more in Hebrews, in that second section, we who have believed enjoy that rest. It's talking about kind of resting in God in that section. God said, when I was angry, I made a promise. I said, they will never enjoy the rest I planned for them. That's quoting Psalm 95. So at this point, you've kind of got God and David speaking in the same psalm. Interesting. How does that work? How does a man and how does God write the same piece of literature? Right? Write the same piece of scripture. Well we see that in Hebrews chapter 3. The Holy Spirit says, listen to his voice today. Now this is just a really like really minor like this might seem like an English lesson. I'm sorry. I didn't like the English in school, and so I don't like that I'm necessarily speaking it now. Yeah, I agree later. It's not good. However, it's really actually important because these tiny little details help us see that while the Bible is written by by men, by humanity, the Bible is also written, is spoken, is breathed out by God through his Holy Spirit. I hope you can see clearly that as we open the Old Testament, we listen to God. We hear the voice of God. We see how God has continued to reveal himself to us and not remain a secret, but reveal himself to us so we can know about him, but more importantly, so that we can know him. God speaks through the Old Testament. But also God speaks in the New Testament. So that's point two on your outline there. God's word being God's literal word, it's not just an Old Testament thing. As we come to Jesus, and as we come to the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, and the letters and a few other things, we see once again that words might seem that might seem foreign or confusing, are actually from the lips of the Holy Spirit. Sticking in Hebrews at the end of chapter 4, we see this from verse 12. The word of God is alive and active. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. See that? God's Word, God's Word is active. Just as the Holy Spirit works through people in the Old Testament, He works through people in the New Testament as well to communicate God's voice, God's message, God's Word to us. The end result is that the Word of God, the Bible, is active. It's alive. It doesn't just sit there. But actually, God Himself speaks to us through His Word. What's so special about this, you might ask? Well, the Spirit is literally God revealing himself to us. How many movies or like TV shows or books or anything have, are there where the, the characters are on this quest to find the mysterious answers or to, to hear the voice of someone like God or something like that, or they're trying to work out what people long ago said? Pretty much, I pretty much describe the plot to any fantasy book or anything else, These characters, like, spend their whole lives striving to find the answers or to make clear what was once unknown. We don't need to do that anymore. We don't need to be like characters in those movies because we don't need to actually try and work out what God's saying because we have what God has already said. We have what the Spirit has spoken as he does his job of pointing the spotlight onto the spectacular Lord Jesus. We're still in Hebrews. Go back one page. The start of chapter 1. And this describes how God speaks to us now. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. The prophets were also part of the Old Testament and were kind of God's mouthpiece as he spoke to the world. But in these last days... He has spoken to us by His Son. In these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son. God has spoken. God reveals Himself through Jesus. I need to stop dropping that. God has spoken. God reveals Himself to us through Jesus, through the power of His Holy Spirit. As we open the New Testament, as we open God's Word, we see the life-giving message of Jesus. We see that he is on the throne, ruling forever as king. Though he lived a perfect life and was convicted as guilty, though he was put to death on the cross, in the power of the Spirit, Jesus actually said no to sin and no to death, but rose from the dead in victory. And he's ascended to the heaven and he sent the Spirit as his advocate, as his helper for us. So as we meet Jesus in the pages of the Bible, we see God. We listen to God. We hear from God. This is how God has most clearly spoken. And it's through the Spirit-breathed Scripture that we can experience life with God forever. How exciting is that? It's the best news that we can possibly hear. Well, God has spoken. What should our response be? Back in Psalm 95, that one that was quoted in Hebrews 3 and 4, we see that um, David said, and I'm not going to misquote it. I'm going to actually turn there in my Bible. David said, sorry everyone. Today, you only hear his voice. Do not harden your hearts. That is, when we hear the message of God, we ought to not think that we know better. When we hear God speak to us, we, we ought to not think, eh, I like that, but I like this a bit more. God actually has our, our best at heart. The best thing that we can have happening in our lives is to be in a relationship with God. That Je- a relationship that Jesus has opened up for us, which we'll have a look at a bit more tonight the best thing that we can be doing is hearing God's word and actually listening. Hearing God's word and actually obeying because his words are the words of life and rejecting his words leads to death. And in John chapter 3, some of us might know John three sixteen. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Later in that chapter, John, or um, well, Jesus, puts it a bit more bluntly. Actually, it is John at this point, but he says, he says this, Anyone who believes in the Son has eternal life. Great, good news, the best. But anyone who does not believe in the Son will not have life. God's anger remains on them. As we read the Bible, we're going to hear some hard truths. We're going to hear truths like, actually, you are not good We're going to hear truths like actually suffering is in this world and it's going to stick around in this world for a little bit longer. We're going to hear hard truths like you are not in control, but Jesus is. So when you hear messages like that, when you hear the gospel message from the Holy Spirit, what are you going to do? Are you going to listen? Or are you going to think that you know better? The whole Christian life is listening to God and actually obeying God. And so that's where we come to our our Bible reading that we had read out for us in 2 Timothy. It's in the New Testament. It's a little bit further on, uh, a bit further back from Hebrews. We're going to turn to 2 Timothy. We're going to read a bit of chapter 3. Uh, I'm going to read verses 16 to 17. All Scripture, that is like, all the Old Testament and all the New Testament, is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. As we read the Bible, and as we hear more about who Jesus is and his spectacular work that he has achieved for us, we see ways that our... That our lives can change, that our hearts can grow more fonder of who Jesus is, that we can learn more about what God has done for us and his spectacular work across all of history, and where our actions, where they don't actually line up with how God calls us to live, that we might be able to deny ourselves and follow Jesus, that we would be rebuked and corrected and actually taught and trained to live a life that is for Jesus. We do this because God is the creator and he knows what he's doing. So when he says the picture of the life that is best lived, that's the right thing. We listen to that because God knows best. Trying to cook without a recipe or build without instructions is a bit like just trying to live life without actually listening to the creator's guide for how to live. It's not going to, you, might, you might you might feel like you're doing okay but the reality is that the person who wrote the recipe or the person who made the building instructions knows best. God made this world. God loves this world and God knows best for this world. He speaks to us and he knows how to live and he calls us to live trusting Jesus and so let's do that guys. That's why we should listen to the spirit. You might have no idea how to. You might have never picked up a Bible before this week. Um, we're gonna uh, hopefully throughout discussion groups, you might be able to ask your leaders, "How do I actually read the Bible?" I think that'd be a really exciting thing. But here's a couple of just couple of tips for Josh from Josh for Josh. I'll I'll listen to the tips as well, and that Josh as well. Yeah, nice. Here's a, here's a couple of tips. Firstly, read your Bible every day. Read your Bible, listen to the Holy Spirit every day. I don't put this up there as some like big lofty goal that's like unattainable. But I think just as, no, we're going to do a little activity. We're going to, yeah, we're going to stop in the middle of that sentence. We're going to do a little activity. I want everyone to hold their breath. Keep holding. Look around at each other. I'm like, Ashley. <laughs> <sighs> okay, sorry. Um, if you if you held on your breath, actually I should have done the other one where you like breathe out and then hold on. But that could have caused problems. If you if you don't breathe for three minutes, your brain or for about a minute, your brain cells start to decay and start to die. After three minutes, serious brain damage is very, very highly likely. And after ten minutes it's quite unlikely you will ever recover. Breathing is necessary. I think we can all agree in that, right? So why wouldn't we breathe in what is most helpful for us? We see this in 1 Timothy. Like, Scripture is God's breathe. It's God's breath for us. It is the life that ought to be pumping through us. And so... Each day. It doesn't have to be the morning, doesn't have to be the evening, but just pick a time each day and pick a routine. Listen to God. So an intentional time, even if it's five minutes. Even if, if you are in junior high, even if it's two minutes, right? You guys are you guys are doing great. Listen to God. Breathe in. Breathe out. We'll die if we don't do it. Why wouldn't we keep reminding ourselves of how beautiful Jesus is? And so it's helpful to be in routine like that. I try and read the Bible in the morning at the moment. I, I will be completely upfront and completely honest. I'm not doing every day at the moment, um, and I'm and I'm disappointed in that. And I'm seeking to do some practical things to change that. Uh, but when I when I have a good morning, I wake up and I make a coffee and I sit at my desk. And I, um, my desk, my dining table, and I drink my coffee and I eat some breakfast and I spend some time in God's word. Just me and God, like you guys did with quiet times this morning. And it's the best possible way to start every day. And when it's a routine, it doesn't feel like it's such a chore. It doesn't feel like something that you're like, <clears throat> but actually it's a joy because I get to spend time with my creator and I get to listen to him. Now, I'm just going to really quickly address some of the questions that we had about um, hearing from God, and maybe some of the issues that I I talked about at the start of the talk. Um, The the question might be, can God speak through different means? Yes, he can. Does God speak through different means? Yeah, I I hear stories. My friend's a missionary in an undisclosed location called Turkey, and he, he, he speaks with People all the time who come to him and going, I've I've had a dream that I should come and talk to you about someone called Jesus, someone who's Muslim who's never heard about Jesus before. The spirit, the spirit is at work in our world in ways that we can't comprehend. But is this best to rely only on that? I don't think so. One Thessalonians chapter five teaches us that we're not to treat. Prophecies as if they weren't important, but also that any message we hear, anything we think of, should be critiques with the Bible. As we think about how to know God and how to live, it's not like we, the way that the world thinks and, and the spirit at work in us prompting us to believe certain things and the Bible are on equal playing fields. That's not how it works. The Bible trumps anything else. And so if you feel a voice in your head telling you that you want to drop out of school and you want to stop going to youth and you just want to go hang out at the skate park all day, every day, that's just what you want to do. I don't think that's the Holy Spirit working in you, convicting you of your sin and calling you to follow Jesus. And so when you put that desire up against the Bible, you'll see that actually Jesus calls you to deny yourself, to take up your cross and to follow him. And so if you know someone that has a message from the Spirit or you know someone that that has some prophecy for your life, that's great. Have a listen. And if it encourages you to keep loving Jesus, go for it. But if it says something that's contrary to the Bible, then it's wrong. We need to remember that we don't know everything, but that God does, and so let's listen to Him. God promises to speak and work through the... Bible. God promises to, and He does. He speaks to us. He's speaking to us now. He's speaking to us throughout this week. And I pray that He's going to speak to you for the rest of your life until Jesus returns or until He calls you home. So, how about I pray that the Lord would help us listen to His Holy Spirit? Father, we thank you so much that you are not a God who is silent, you are not a God who is mysterious. You're not a God that we have to guess about, Lord, but that you have spoken in the past through prophets and spoken through the Old Testament and now speak to us through your Son. We thank you for the way that you have breathed out your word. And we ask that you would be helping us be people who know you, who know you really well, who can call you Father, and who love to listen to and obey you. And we ask this, Lord, for Jesus' sake. Amen.